evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is our first Sunday special. It is uh, March 18th, 2018. I'm thrilled to be here. The show has become so popular that we added another evening because our, I've been booking guests and I'm like, okay, I've got an opening uh, August 12th and it's just, it's too far out in advance. So we decided uh, we're going to add two Sunday shows per month starting now. So uh, very excited. And our special guest is Scott McKay. He is a dating expert. He's a world traveler. He's got a traveler uh, website also. I can't wait to talk to him. We're going to talk about modern masculinity and toxic masculinity and all kinds of stuff that's going on out there in the uh, dating world. So uh, we're uh, looking forward to it. Um, Sounds great. So uh, let's start out by uh, very quickly just doing a quick review of what's going on in the guys guys world we're on a weekend so it's a little bit of a different schedule for me i was out uh i was out with my son this morning uh he's four he's going to turn five in may and uh, he's going to join the little uh peewee little league t-ball so we went down we're here in new york city we went down the west side all the way down to the uh baseball fields on 77th and riverside park right by the boat basin and it's absolutely gorgeous down there. And we helped with a little cleanup and I got my son to take a look around. And of course he brought his little Thomas train and decided to make little trails on the baseball field. That was the extent of his cleanup. So uh, I met some of the other parents and stuff and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It was so cold here though in New York city. It's amazing. It's March 18th, but it is freezing. It was in the twenties this morning and it's supposed to stay this way, like twenties up to about like high thirties for the next 10 days. And we're supposed to have yet a fourth nor'easter, um, in the middle of this week. So it's just crazy weather we've been having here, very long winter. And it's at that time of year where people are just sick of winter. It's like enough. All right, enough with this. We want a change. We want baseball. We want to go to the beach. We want to play some golf. And uh, wow, it's just been a long time. But anyhow, it'll get there as it always does. And then the city and the parks explode with nature and with all the new leaves. And it's interesting. We were walking through Central Park today, uh, this afternoon with my wife and my son uh, up from the north end of Central Park West all the way down to like 100th Street where we cut off and we went down to there's a Whole Foods on 98th Street. And as we were walking through the park, I noticed that there's still a lot, believe it or not, there's a lot of trees that still have leaves on them from last year. So you've got the new little buds pushing through and you still have leaves on, uh, uh, not a lot, but a, you know, a handful, I'd say about, you know, about five to 10% of the trees are full of leaves still. They're, you know, they're obviously turned brown and they're going to fall off, but interesting how nature works. But you know what? Just taking two steps into Central Park versus the rest of uh, Manhattan, the, all, the energy changes completely. And it's really grounding and it really feels fantastic. And it's so quiet and uh, you're so far away from media and noise and everything. And it's just a great respite. The Central Park is the people who came up with the concept of that to carve that out in the middle of Manhattan. And it's so vast and beautiful. They had vision. They were not looking 10 years into the future. They were looking 100, 200 years into the future. So God bless them um, because it is a wonderful place. Um, Let's see what else is happening real quickly. Um, Everybody's watching the NCAA basketball tournament, I guess, and all the upsets. uh, I checked earlier and North Carolina was getting their butt kicked by Texas Tech and 
We're going down now. It goes from 64 to 16 all in one weekend, and then it goes from 16 down to four, and then four to the champion. And um, my Villanova Wildcats, my alma mater, uh, are looking pretty good. You know, anything can happen, though. But uh, they breezed past their first two opponents, and uh, they're heading into the Sweet 16. I'm not sure who they're playing yet because I think there's another game to go. But anyhow, it's fun. It's a real fun thing. Um, what else is happening? Well, I guess the other, other thing, and I don't want to get into the whole pol- political thing because everybody has their own point of view, but this trump Mueller thing with this investigation, with that, wow, it is drama. It is playing out drama on our stage. And uh, I think the country just overall, it doesn't matter if you're for Trump or against him, whatever, everybody's tired. This is tiring. <laughs> Every time you turn on the TV, there's something else wild going on there. So, uh, it's good to take a walk in Central Park. Anyhow, this is Guys Guys Radio, the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. You know, we have uh, all different types of guests on here. Anybody that has to do with uh, life, love, the pursuit of happiness through the lens of kind of the Guys Guys lens. And um, we're having a blast. This is our 267th podcast. And uh, I'm really excited because I, our guest, Scott McKay, he's a cool guy and he's kind of a guy's guy also. We're going to bring him on in a minute. Um, and then we're going to do uh, our interview with him and then we're going to do our guy's guy's guide later in the show. And tonight I'm going to talk about um, building the perfect smoothie. And I think after over the years, with the help of my wife, I have gotten the ingredients at least a dozen or so ingredients for a perfect smoothie. And we've really done a lot of research on some of the things that can go into it and still make it taste good and good for you. And uh, it can uh, do wonders. You know, like you are what you eat. Nowadays, it's so important to eat the right foods and to just be careful what you eat because um, there's a lot of processed food, a lot of GMOs, et cetera. You know, hey, eat what you want. You want to eat meat? Fine. You want to eat bacon? Fine. You want to drink a lot? Fine. It's it's up to you. But um, as we age, and I've learned this, that you, you can't just eat the same amount of everything and drink the same amount of everything and not change anything. You just can't keep the same habits. You have to evolve. You have to turn the dial. You have to adjust things as you go along because uh, otherwise you're not going to last long. That's just the way it is. So uh, sorry about that, but that's just the way it is. You've got to adapt and you can adapt. And you know what? Um, As you adapt, you, you feel better and you don't even notice. Um, you don't even notice if you have to give up some things. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I've talked about this in the past on the show. My, my, I'm building this process of elimination diet. And what I do is I give up something new every week. Uh, this week, this Sunday, so my next thing to give up is white rice. And I've given up 10 things over the uh, 11 things now uh, this year. And each week I add something else. And I was thought, like, how can I do this? Uh, how am I going to come up with 52 things? And that's still going to be a challenge. I could have done it one thing per month, but I decided, well, I'm going to put myself in the, uh, I'm going to create an advanced program and I'll be, I'll be the guinea pig for it. So uh, I'm doing that. And it's really amazing because the things I give up, I forget about in a week because I have to give up something else. I started with the toughest one. I gave up alcohol. So 2018, I'm not drinking. That's not easy but I'll do it. And so I've already forgotten about it. And then I cut out candy and cookies and ice cream and cake and some other stuff. Uh, and now I'm into things like now, okay, white rice. I want to start to get rid of some of those, uh, those carbs that turn into sugar. So anyhow, that's me. Everybody has their own 
you know, own way of doing things and their own way of maintaining weight and their own way of staying in shape. But uh, this is helping me. So I believe in it. I also have learned, um, I don't know if you guys remember the book, Dan Millman's book, The Life of the Peaceful Warrior, pretty famous book from the 90s. And he's written a couple of other books. Uh, Everyday Enlightenment's another book that he wrote that I think is fantastic. It's a 12-step program to kind of uh, raising your frequency, if you will, and living a good life. And um, he, in there, goes through a four-minute uh, Peaceful Warrior wor- workout, and he shows you diagrams of the different moves. And the first couple of times I tried it, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And uh, then I just stuck with it. And I've been doing it for about 10 days now, and it, it literally takes four or five minutes. And there's 14 moves, I think, including uh, uh, laying down on your back as the last move. And uh, it really, uh, I find it really opens things up and it really gives me a lot of energy. And I didn't think it would, but uh, just because these are simple moves, but it actually unlocks and unleashes, uh, you know, the energy that's kind of trapped in your joints and your core. And, uh, and it's, it's not a hard program to do once you get into it. And uh, if you just carve out five minutes a day by yourself, just do it. It's uh, been very helpful. So thank you, Dan Millman. Okay, uh, let's do our, our uh, guy's guy of the week real quick, and then we'll bring Scott on after a very, very short commercial break. Um, okay, I do a guy's guy of the week. This is somebody who either is, uh, does something good, that representative of guy's guy, which would be kind of casual confidence, kind of that new masculinity, um, timeless style, unassuming strength, emotional intelligence, seductive integrity, Comfortable in their own skin, uh, kind of a modern day man's man, but not the old school, uh, archaic kind of man's man, but a new man's man based on uh, today's world. Uh, and this guy's name is, I found him, I was reading an article in the Times, um, Wang Desheng, his name is, and he's an 80-year-old Chinese male model, and he's called China's great, hottest grandpa. And since I've been, uh, I'm going to be talking about some healthful things uh, like I was talking about the diet, I'm going to talk about the smoothie later. I figured I'd use uh, Deshaun Wong as my guy's guy of the week. He uh, In China, they usually retire at about 50 if you're a civil servant, 60 otherwise. It's not that different than here, but uh, I think we're working a lot longer nowadays. This guy, he, has a, he says he still eats everything, but in moderation. He's got a semi-six-pack. He's a performance artist. He considers himself a living sculpture, so he stays in shape. And he's like, he referred to as fresh old meat in China. And uh, he's a famous male model there. And there's pictures of him on the runway and everything with no shirt on and everything. It's hilarious. And uh, he's 80, but he looks, I'd say he looks 50, except he has long gray white hair. But otherwise, I'd say 50, 50 late 40s uh, at best, but it's just absolutely amazing. So he says he wants to take up parachuting now that he's 80. So I uh, love guys like that. That is fantastic. So Deshaun, uh, Wang Deshaun is our guy's guy of the week. So it is 8-11. We're going to take a super quick break, and we're going to come right back with our special guest, Scott McKay. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. As I mentioned, this is our first Sunday special. I'm so pleased that I have a really uh, dimensional a three-dimensional type of guy, um, Scott McKay. And let me tell you a little bit about him. I'm going to be on his show, uh, his podcast. We're going to record on Tuesday. I'm not sure when that goes on the air, but uh, he is a very cool, interesting guy. He was a sales guy 
in Fortune 500 tech companies. It uh, looks like he had a divorce, and then he kind of got the his V8 moment, and he discovered uh, how to really treat women the right way and how to uh, what the secrets were for dating success. And he's been doing it for a while. He's been out there since 2005, and he helps other men empower others to their greatness. Uh, he's been a selected guest on Doc Love's radio show, David D'Angelo's interviews with Dating Guru series. And um, he's kind of set himself apart by uh, grounding himself in a philosophy of deserving what you want, which I really like. And then uh, 13 years later, he's considered one of the most recognized and effective dating coaches anywhere. And uh, he also has a he has a uh, Wing It Worldwide uh, business also and website where he writes about his travels around the world with his family, which is great because my wife and I were just talking about that the other day. Like, hey, we've got a four ready to turn five year old. Why don't we just live live around the world instead of having to be stuck in one place? So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit with Scott. Um, he talks about how a masculine, confident man of true character and leadership skill is an authentic representation of the man the most desirable women want. I agree. Obliviating or bivviating the need for tricks and techniques. He's next generation concepts uh, describe a state of having a hundred percent control over one's dating life. And uh, he's a four time Amazon number one bestseller of what works with women, women made easy, most valuable player flirting like wildfire. And he's got a ground basic groundbreaking course for men, the master plan. Uh, he's also got the female persuasion program. He's got a management system called the leading man. He's just got all kinds of stuff here. So I'm tired of reading his, his, his bio is long because he's done a lot. So let's just bring him on. Good evening, Scott McKay. Welcome to guys guy radio. How are you? I'm doing great, Robert. Good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. And I really love what you're doing and how you're positioning yourself and, and I like how you're living your life. So uh, let's let's start at the beginning. Um, tell you you had a divorce, and then you kind of had your you know the the switch was flipped. What what happened there that went from divorce to like dating guru? Tell us the steps there because I think that you know that's where it all happened for you. What happened? Oh, you know, it was telling me, you know, Scott, you did everything right. You were the model husband. You were a great dad. Yet still my marriage ended. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't like feeling like a victim, like I did everything right and it still failed. So circumstances aside, you know, and there was a valid reason for our divorce. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a survivor of, uh, of a mental illness marriage. So basically mm-hmm. what everybody told me was sort of true. <laughs> you know, When someone's not in your reality with you, things happen that aren't necessarily so good for your marriage. But I still didn't like that feeling of being a victim. So I said, you know, first of all, I don't want history to repeat itself. Uh, second of all, I, I want to actually get married again someday and have a, a, a much healthier, more functional relationship. So I decided two things. First of all, I was going to attempt the impossible, which is to try to understand women, which, you know, right. famously is a running joke amongst men and vice versa amongst men, amongst women, right? But – I also wanted to become the kind of man who was going to kind of attract the woman he wanted, and that's where this concept of deserving what you want kind of hit me like a eureka moment. And I remember, I still remember Googling it, thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be so trite and overused. Everybody's going to have written a book about this, and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. 
It was all, here's how to selfishly manipulate someone into giving you what you want in your relationship. Here's how to say right. three simple words to a woman's here and make her, you know, do anything for you right now. And so it was a novel idea, and it was built around the idea of having some character. And, and to me, character is the cornerstone of what it takes to be a real man. I, you hear a lot about toxic masculinity. I think, to, I think masculinity is a virtue, and even the root word of virtue is the same root word in Latin as virility. So, you know, we can pervert those virtues and, and become toxic very easily. But I was interested in being the kind of man who wasn't toxic so I could in turn attract a woman who wasn't toxic. And uh, next thing you know, it started to work, and my friends were wondering how a guy like me could be uh, showing up at social events with women like those. And somebody said, you should write a book. Then I started hearing from women that I should write a book. So the rest is pretty much history. It all started at the you know, tail end of 2005. I wrote an email to uh, 17 people, many of whom were ex-girlfriends. <laughs> and nowadays that number is over 61,000. So, Wow. The newsletter's so grown was, a little. What was the um, key kind of insight that you uh, – kind of re- discovered or rediscovered that turned you from, okay, you were having a, a, a marriage and had, there were some issues that sounds like were beyond your control. And then when you became single, that uh, you kind of became, sounds like chick magnet because you were kind of doing the right thing and well, well deserved then. Um, what was it that you were doing that was uh, attracting all these women? Well, the first thing that I, I, if I had to spell it out, it's a wonderful question, and there are so many ways to answer it. I mean, you know, I felt the last 12 years helping guys answer that question. But I would say that the more important salient points for me were, first of all, to stop being afraid of women. You know, they're not out to hurt you. They're not out to reject you. Um, You know, you hear sometimes about how women just love to put guys in the just-be-friend zone. They love Mm -hmm. to make guys' lives miserable on dates. And the truth couldn't be, you know, that's not, that's not even close to the truth. Women don't go out on dates hoping they go poorly. Right. They're hoping they go on a date and have the guy be attractive, um, interesting and interested, and to, and to treat her right. And I also learned about the idea of women being safety-seeking creatures. You know, the more I can put a woman at ease rather than making her feel uneasy for whatever reason, Great point. emotional, physical, whatever, the more she's going to feel comfortable with me. And I think another big part was I learned what it meant to be masculine in a way women define it. Mm-hmm. Very different from being macho. I mean, you know, Robert, you and I could go, or you, you gave up alcohol, and actually I'm sort of doing the same thing. But let's say we didn't, and we just drank shots until one of us passed out. We thought that was really cool. Or we got on our 150-horsepower motorcycles and see, you know, which guy can pull a wheelie through however many gears and, you know, going out and, and working on our golf game. All that stuff just makes women roll their eyes. Kind of like when women go to the bathroom together or have chocolate mm-hmm. martinis and giggle or shoe shopping. That's not what turns us on about women per se. But it's those it's those polarizing points of masculinity and femininity that turn each other on. And I, I got into a much deeper understanding of what exactly those points were for a woman. And I started realizing that really comes natural to me. You know, as a man of character, a man who wants to treat women right, those are the things I want to do. And you're talking about things like having a plan, being courageous instead of fearless, and there's a big difference. Um, Having ambition, being a a provider, but not necessarily 
kowtowing to gold diggers, just providing a solution or providing what's needed, making people feel comfortable. The way I look at it is it's kind of like a nest. And the man, as the father eagle, you know, an eagle's nest, okay? And and think of the eagle patrolling the perimeter, making sure everybody's safe and providing for the family. Nowadays, of course, women can have a job. They can bring home the bacon. But that doesn't change the fact that that aspect of masculinity turns women on sexually, and that's, yep. that's the point. You know, whether whether you're actually having to take a bullet for her and fight off, uh, you know, saber-toothed tigers <laughs> it is irrelevant because the woman needs to believe you are that kind of man. Then she gets turned yes. on, and then you get lots of women. The other thing that I think is golden, and this is the last one I'll share because I'm sure you have other questions, is I think a lot of guys are trying to get laid. And to me, guys who are trying to get laid, and I've noticed this time and again over 12 years, they're the least laid guys I know. It's like if a woman's trying to marry a millionaire because she wants the money, she's less likely to attract millionaires because it's not about the person. It's about some kind of agenda. And for a lot of guys, it's a sexual agenda, which I can understand when a guy's had a dry spell. But, you know, women love to be appreciated for human beings, and especially female human beings, by a man. And that, of course, comes full circle, Robert, because then you're making her feel safe and comfortable. You know, and once you've attracted her with your masculinity and made her feel safe and comfortable in your presence, all that's really left is your confidence to believe, hey, you know what, you're the kind of guy who should be attracting women. And when you look around and see that you don't have much competition with those two simple points of being masculine and making her feel comfortable, mm-hmm. it really does a lot of good things for your confidence. And, uh, and, you know, for the record, I think confidence is the number one differentiator between guys who are getting the women they want and guys who don't. And I don't think second place is even close. Oh, I would agree with you completely. And it's, uh, you know, it's confidence. It's not arrogance because a lot of, I think a lot of guys make that, uh, they don't know how to make that distinction. You know, confidence is about being comfortable in your own skin and not having to show off or talk about yourself all the time. It's more about being, um, as to kind of your point, being that eagle soaring around the perimeter, the woman can feel comfortable that, hey, this guy knows how to take care of things. I might have a job and make good money, but I know he's a, a go-to guy for me and he has my back and he has my, he's my shield and all of that. And that's all part of the whole confidence thing, uh, because when you have confidence in yourself, other people have confidence in you. But it, it's not arrogance, right? Because I think a lot of guys are step over that line there by trying to prove their confidence, but it's really – it's kind of uh, false. What do you think about that, Scott? Well, you have two things going on there. First of all, the arrogance, which is the idea that I'm better than you, which, as opposed to confidence, which is I, I believe in my own competence. Now, you can believe one can believe in one's own competence while thinking everybody else is competent, too. And to me, that's the golden holy grail of being a cool guy is helping other people feel cool about themselves, mm-hmm. helping them like they're cool. Whereas someone who's kind of arrogant wants to make everybody feel lesser than they are. And then look what happens there. If you're that kind of person, we're all humans there. Am I putting her at ease or am I making her feel uneasy when I'm like that? And, of course, I think the answer should be, you know, obvious. It's a rhetorical question. So showing some interest in her, um, you know, is wonderful. Uh, She's going to find out about you. She's going to find out what's amazing about you. And I think the more guys try to push the agenda of trying to impress her, 
the less impressed she is because it feels like, you know, the guy is trying to earn me or put me on a pedestal. If you're a woman, she's a woman. And that makes the woman think, well, you know, this isn't a guy who can even stand up to me, let alone stand up for me. He, he, you know, is needy and he's, you know, fearing the loss of me already by trying too hard. And that does the opposite, but inspire a woman's, uh, from inspiring a woman's sexual attraction towards you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you one question. I know we don't want to go too deep into this, but it's such a hot topic. And I think along with everything else that guys have to deal with nowadays about their self-identity is now we've got Me Too where there's some bad actors have really uh, yeah. poisoned the well for men. And um, uh, I think kind of worst case scenario, and it's, it's just human nature is like some women, unfortunately, is taking this as open season on guys and the guys are, uh, you know, they're really diving for cover. Uh, how do you uh, counsel your male clients about this? And uh, do you work with women or mostly guys? I work with both men and women. And uh, okay. how, how do you, my wife and I are a team. Okay. Yeah. All right. How do you um, counsel men? And then how do you counsel women about um, kind of the uh, fine line uh, when we're dating and and having to you know address the elephant in the room uh, in terms of me too because sure. for the good guys um, it's well, uh, it's it's good news and it's bad news it's good news for for the good guys is that you know if you've done the right thing uh, you shouldn't have anything to to worry about but you could be accused of stuff uh, that's false um, and for uh, the bad actors well you know they're going to continue to be bad so the the good guys are going to look really good and for the ladies. Uh, hopefully they're going to realize that they're good guys out there. And uh, some of them are going to say, you know, they're going to paint all guys with the same brush. So talk to us about that, Scott. Right. You bet. Um, Well, I think one of the things that will really kind of backlight this entire discussion, at least from my perspective, I'm, I'm sure yours too, is since Emily and I both coach both men and women, what matters there is we're both we're, neither one of us are rooting for one gender to conquer the other. Yep. Um, you know, I'll have a woman come to me and say, you know, I think all men are dogs. You're all liars. You're all horrible. Can you find me a great husband? And the answer is no, because all the guys who actually respect and adore women and femininity and want to treat a woman right are going to avoid a woman who doesn't even give him common respect before she even knows who he is. And he never mind at all. It's going to avoid a woman like that. And, you know, we tell men and women the same thing. If you find someone who's broken in a way where they've got a deep-seated resentment and distrust of the entire gender they're trying to attract, I'm not sure that's a good investment in a relationship. Now, mm-hmm. I may be a little different from other coaches in that I make it a point to only coach people who are are not broken in that regard. I have two questions I ask people before I coach them. The first one is, are you under the care of a psychiatrist? Because I recognize what kind of professional I am, and I'm not mm-hmm. that kind of professional. Right. Good question. Smart. And that work that work has to come before they come to me. The second one is, I want to screen for a deep-seated hatred or bitterness towards who they're, exact, who they're trying to attract in general. Right. <laughs> so the the easy way around this is to realize, and I think a lot of times what guys in particular are suffering through, and I'm sure you've talked about this before on the show, it's a huge topic, 
is it seems like all you hear is, oh, my God, all men are dogs. They're all, you know, depraved. Masculinity is toxic. But in the real world, it's only the angry women who, you know, have been betrayed by the dance of attraction or, or even maybe even left out. And I know I'm saying some brash things here. But there's a lot of anger there, and there's a lot of hate there. And it's a lot of hate that seems react, like reactive to the fact, well, men hated us first. And, of course, on the other side of the ledger, you've mm-hmm. got what, the Mexico guys, the men going their own way, who are no better. And you could argue they're even worse because they're being reactive when men are supposed to you know, be strong and lead. But what happens is it's easy to recognize what's going on and mistakenly assume everybody's thinking that. Or that's what everyone, that's what every woman thinks about all of us as men. And it doesn't help when you get particularly angry women who are like, look, if you even say hello to me on the street, that's the gateway drug to rape, which is an exact quote from one of the street harassment videos from a few years ago. It makes guys shake in their boots and go, well, you know, these women don't even want us. But the truth of the matter is the women who aren't angry, the women who actually adore us guys, and want to have a happy relationship and want to treat us right and want to be feminine, they're not angry. So they're not being noisy. They're just wondering where all the men went. They're wondering why nobody even talks to them in the grocery store anymore. And I'll tell you, I take guys out in the field, and I'm happily married. And I take guys out in the field and teach them how to meet women. And they're blown away by how uniform the response is from women when you respect them, give them space, treat them right and just act like a man and acknowledge their femaleness and talk to them like that and how they just perk up. And in 12 years, I've never had anyone get either myself or the guy I was out in the field with any kind of rude reaction at all. I mean, some of them okay. are a little different. Let's, but, you know, let's, it's just let's, not all these women. So guys need to get mm-hmm. over that. Got it. Good answer. Uh, let's, let's keep going on that track then. So, um, you take guys out in the field and you say they always get positive responses if they recognize women's femininity and they're respectful and all that. Give us, tell us about that. How do, how do, you, how do you counsel them to be able to be more uh, attractive to women through their self-confidence, the ease of conversation, whatever? What, give us more specifics if you can. Well, first of all, like I said, a lot of guys are afraid to talk to women. They're afraid of what to say. And, mm-hmm. and I understand because if you don't talk to a lot of women, if you don't approach a lot of women, uh, you know, you don't have the practice. And you, and you, especially really smart guys, <laughs> tend to get inside their heads and start rolling around with, oh, my God, if I say this and she rejects me, then this is going to happen. It's going to be really embarrassing when I'm embarrassing. When I'm embarrassed and this happens and they get into what I call an if-then loop, you know, analysis paralysis, and they go, oh, God. Women just hate me. I know they're going to hate me. And, you know, I have guys call me up and they'll say, you know, I can't get any women to go out with me. And my first question is always, well, how many women have you attempted to get to go out with you? And I usually hear, uh, well, you know, that's kind of the thing, not many. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when we're out in the field, what I do is I just, I believe, here's, here's the crux of it. Here's what makes what I teach different. I might as well throw it on the table. I believe that masculinity isn't toxic. I really believe masculinity is a light in this world, and I believe that femininity is the higher calling. Femininity with the joy and the fun and the pleasure and the party and and the comfort, that's what we all live for, and that's what we all hope for on the weekends. 
And we as men are the providers and protectors and enablers of femininity. And although that sounds like a gritty job, the payoff is we get to be the beneficiaries of femininity. So when we enjoy that beyond the mere sexual level, you know, instead of just trying to get laid and we start talking to women realize they have a gift for us. They want to do they want to they want to do female things to our delight as long as we're giving them the position of comfort to do that. Then you see them perk mm-hmm. up like that. So right. I'm I'm simply observing who they are, talking to them without a sexual agenda. The fact that I'm happily married in many ways makes it easier. And so when the guys can put on the shelf, hey, you know, here's a sexual opportunity and just talk to a woman like they would anyone else. You know, I talk to grandmas who look like Paula Dean mm-hmm. the same Me way too. I talk to yeah, 22-year-old sure. women who look like yeah, they're you know, people. a supermodel. Right. And I get the same response from all of them. And this, I think, really blows guys away. So it's respecting femininity. It's understanding they don't want to hurt you. It's, it's almost like that high-powered motorcycle again. If, if you if you ride that motorcycle the way it's supposed to be ridden, it actually performs better because you're doing this right. So when you understand what it is that women look forward to from a conversation with a man, you're going to get a much better performance out of that conversation, whereas if you try to ham-fist it. All right, let's, let's go into the bar. You're in a bar. You're with a client. He sees a woman across the bar. She's with her girlfriend. He sees her. He wants to meet her. What do you tell him to do? Well, first of all, I highly recommend against ever trying to meet women in a bar or a smoky club. I think it's the worst place on earth. But I'm going to take your question face value. I think I think you simply go and talk to both of them as co-equals. A big mistake guys make is talking to the one they're attracted to and turning their back and trying to shut out the one they're not attracted to. And see, that's just a complete lack of dis- lack of respect. And the woman's going to go, well, that's what kind of guy this is. But then again, a lot of guys are really <laughs> they have a hard time talking to two women because it's like double the potential rejection, right? Mm-hmm. Here's here's something I should have said in the last question in context with that. I believe you can be masculine and warm at the same time, which fries a lot of guys' circuits. Because you're thinking, oh, well, if I'm being warm, I'm being Mr. Nice Guy. And Mr. Nice Guy doesn't get women. Well, Mr. Nice Guy has an agenda. He's being seriously sweet because he's either walking on eggshells trying not to get rejected, or he's got that sexual agenda. This is why I hear from guys all the time, hey, you know, I can get all the women I'm not attracted to to love me, but as soon as I'm attracted to a woman, you know, it all hits the fan. up a little. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to talk to those women as if there's no agenda. Because, see, if there's no agenda, Robert, there's no rejection. If you've already pre-approved one or both of those women as, like, your next girlfriend's, girlfriend or girlfriend's plural, then they have the right to sit there in judgment of your, you know, predisposition to, to be attracted to them. But if you talk right. to both of them, hey, you know, you two look like you're having fun, you know, how do you know each other? Something like that, just to have a normal conversation and see where it goes, you may be pleasantly surprised. And I saw this actually the last time a guy came to town. He went and talked to two women, and one of them liked him better, and he happened to like that other one more also. Mm-hmm. And the other girl basically helped those two get to know each other simply because he had a little more patience. It's kind of like the story of the two bulls on the hill, the young bull and the old bull. You know, you can walk, run down I know, there. I know that one, yeah. 
Right. Uh, so, okay. My point was, you know, you're in a bar, people are, it's after work, everybody's, you know, blowing off steam and all that. So I don't think there's, I think if you go out to a bar with the goal of meeting women, you're making a mistake. But I think where any place yeah. where men and women congregate is an opportunity to meet. So putting that sure. aside, where do you counsel your um, clients to like where, I know the answer is kind of everywhere, but what are some good places where you can meet women when they're not going to have their kind of uh, shield up so high, they'll be more open to chatting. Well, indeed, the answer is everywhere. And, that's be- and, and you know, even though that sounds like a cop-out, the reason that is a good, solid answer is because it's about who you are, not the context or not the words you say. If you don't, if you, if you are masculine in the way women define it and you understand what that means and you're a man of character and you're confident and you love women, you actually like the idea of female human beings, then you don't ever have to ask yourself or me or you or anybody else, what do I do next after you start talking to a woman? A lot of guys are out there painting by numbers because they don't have anything genuine going on. That's why the answer is anywhere. Because if you are a man who's attractive to women, I mean, you know, sometimes you haven't eaten, you haven't slept, you're cranky, you don't feel like it, sure. But taking that human element out of the picture... Your, your woman of your dreams or your next woman who you're even going to go out with can show up at any time. And are you ready? So if you want, you know, that aside, the pragmatic answer to your question, I think grocery stores, I think um, concerts, especially outdoor festival type of places. We have farmer's markets here where I live that are wonderful places. Now, where, where are you? Are you San Antonio? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we have a place downtown. Austin has the same thing. Um, you can meet waitresses. You can meet flight attendants. You go waiting for the airport. If you're coming home from Chicago O'Hare on a Friday afternoon and you're on a plane with a bunch of other people and you're waiting in the lobby to get home and they're all dressed for business, guess what? Those women probably all live the same city you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great opportunity. And even if you're on a, you know, layover for a couple hours at that same Chicago O'Hare airport and you see a woman with a glass of Chardonnay in the bar, that's practice. You may never see her again, but that's an opportunity to hone your skills talking to women because she has nothing, no one better to talk to. Either. Got it. Lots okay. of places. Waitresses, you know, if they're paying all attention right. to you and they're, they're uh, um, all about understanding more about you and what you're doing later, that's, that's not just them trying to get a tip. That's different. All right. Let me uh, shift gears a little bit. Go back to something you mentioned before about um, we were kind of touching on dating. And I think um, with guys, uh, there's a little bit of confusion about um, what is a date. A little context to that. Most of the I talk to a lot of female experts as well as male experts. And to, you know, to a person, the the women say, you know, their female clients, they want men to be men in the best sense of the words, which is good. And they want to go out on a date. They want the guy to come up with an idea to plan something and take him out and pick up the check on the first date. I think a lot of guys, uh, younger guys, millennials, they're a little bit, uh, not to a person, but some of them are a little bit confused as to like, okay, what is a date? Because just from their cultural uh, habits, uh, hanging out and groups of people and, you know, texting and back and forth and technology kind of get in the way of the uh, person to person uh, up close face to face conversation. How do you uh, counsel your your guys about, you know, actually getting things started the right way in terms of a a date with a woman to set up the uh, mating dance, if you will, Scott. 
Well, it completely depends on context, of course, and that's, of course, you know, how you met, if you've even met yet, if you're talking about online, uh, where you live, the culture you're living in, the climate of where you are, uh, who you're going out with, your age, all of those things play into it. But generally speaking, I absolutely agree that whoever invites pays when it comes to, you know, who's footing the bill here. Um, if you're a guy and you're going out with a woman and you're taking her to very expensive places, you're setting a precedent that's the kind of guy you are and that's what she can expect. So you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be upset when she's like, well, when's the next time we're going to Morton Steakhouse? <laughs> you know. Um, right. But I think the mistake guys make is they feel like they have to spend a lot of money up front to impress a woman, and that's wrong-headed because either the two of you are going to get along and enjoy each other or this isn't even worth it. So I always recommend to guys to find a place where you can interact. Nothing threatening, but, you know, if it's nice weather, go to something outdoors where you can talk and get to know each other and spend some time together without any pressure of, like, oh, my God, should I order the most expensive thing on the menu or is he going to freak out? And, you know, especially the worst thing you can do on a date is go to the movies and sit in the dark for two hours. <laughs> it's the worst. Right. But guys lack that creativity. I think a lot of times guys fear – that interaction, like, you know, the less I interact with her, the less I'm going to screw up. And, you know, the more I keep it to being by the book, dinner and a movie, the more likely there is to be a second date. Well, once you meet women who you actually connect with, all these rules go out the door anyway. So that's the first thing. Um, I think in terms of is this a date dating as we know it is undergoing a transformation. You hear a lot about hookup culture. I think that's, good for some people if that's what they want to do. Um, some people just want to meet and have sex. Some people want to be courted. Some some men love the courtship process. I think women, unless they're um, a little different, a little left of center from most women, I think especially if you're talking more mature adults, um, they won't balk at the idea of you actually taking them out on an actual date, you know, picking them up and et cetera. Uh, they'll think that's really romantic. Some, some women haven't seen that much lately. But the answer to when a woman says the dreaded question, is this a date, is filtered through the context of two things. What is her intention and what is, the, what is your truth? You know, what is the truth? A lot mm-hmm. of times when guys say, I'd like to spend some time with you sometime to a woman, and they're kind of soft-pedaling it. She'll go, wait, is this a date? And the guy freezes like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't know what to say to that. Right. Well, it's not necessarily she's trying to make sure it isn't a date. She may be trying to make sure it is a date so she doesn't embarrass herself. Exactly. So grab a pair and answer her. Now, if the answer is I don't know yet, well, so I'll, I'll tell you after the date, is, you know, after after it's all the evening's over, that may be true for you. You may be wanting to know more about her and see what she's like. Tell her that too. Maybe in not such harsh terms. It's kind of a running joke. But, you know, you can say, well, you know, I'm just getting to know you. I think it would be great to get go out and just enjoy each other's company and see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably get along because you seem wonderful. And then, you know, maybe some dates will follow from that. If you, mm-hmm. if you were that bold and owned your truth with a woman She's going to find you more attractive, not less attractive. And if you go, oh, no, no, hey, look, you know, it doesn't have to be a date. You know, it's not what I have in mind. 
you know, that's being a weenie, and that doesn't attract women. How about um, online? I mean, everybody's uh, dating through technology nowadays. And, in fact, uh, yeah. I met my wife online, and it's just the way it is. Um, and uh, I think one of the things that uh, daters learn or need to learn uh, is that, you know, the real connection happens when you're face-to-face because we live in an offline world. And it's very easy to fall into the online trap of just, uh, you know, texting and email and an app using an app or whatever. But eventually you got to meet the person. How do you uh, counsel your clients uh, in terms of managing technology? Well, my wife and I met online, too. And uh, online dating was a tremendous, tremendous, wonderful tool for me to use. I met so many wonderful women that way. My jury is still very much out on apps, and I realize it's the year 2018, and it's not a fad, and they're here to stay. But I don't like what it's doing to male-female relationships. I don't like – and people who use the apps say they don't like being breadcrumbed and ghosted and you know all those things. Right. People have too many options, and then they don't know what to do with them all because women right. have a hard time saying no. And then men have 14 women, and they have pictures of all of them. They all look terrific, and they don't know what to do. So we don't know really how to tell each other that, yet we're all going through the same thing. So it's a bunch of spinning wheels and a bunch of wasted energy. I much rather like the idea of getting online, knowing a little bit about someone, what they're about, finding out more and having being armed with all that information. Maybe armed is the wrong word, <laughs> but being prepared with all that information even before you ever meet them face-to-face. Got it. And what I tell guys is, look, read the profile. Look at the pictures. Read between the lines and, and figure out what kind of human being you're dealing with. If she's saying hateful things and her first impression from what you're reading is you already don't like her, I don't think it's going to change when you meet her. I, I know she's got a pretty, pretty, pretty face and she looks real nice, but Find one who's got a pretty face and looks real nice who's also going to be a nice person when you meet her, and then maybe that'll go better. If there are clear red flags and deal breakers or even things that you just blatantly disagree with, I mean, you've got a bunch of women out there going, if you voted for Trump, don't bother. Well, if you voted for Trump, don't bother. I mean, you know, that's just her feelings <laughs> on it. I mean, <laughs> there's guys trying to force this square peg in a round hole, and women do the same thing. It's like, oh, I know he's – an addict, and he's this horrible person, but he's a fixer-upper, and I'll change him. Well, no, you won't. You know, right, find someone right. you can. Okay. So I, I, um, I, got it. Okay, good. Um, if you don't mind, I just want to switch gears. We can go deeper and deeper on the whole, uh, you know, dating thing. But you have a, another business, if you will, called Wing It Worldwide, and I think it's so fascinating. I hope you don't mind. But I'd love to hear a little bit about it because, as I had mentioned earlier in the show, my wife and I were talking about, you know, we should travel and live in different places, different countries, and bring our son along and just have a educate, educate him that way. And, uh, you know, the U S is, there's so much stress here now that, uh, everybody's kind of throwing up their hands and saying like, well, do we really need to be here? Is it, uh, so tell us about that business and what you've learned. Well, I mean, the first thing I would say there is the United States is a big place, <laughs> you know, New York, LA, Chicago, right. San Antonio, Alaska, right. Dubuque, Iowa, they're all going to have very different, Cases and, and ideas going on. And, mm-hmm. uh, you sure. Know, sometimes the answer is just to move, to get an RV and move around the United States a bit, and that's certainly something mm-hmm. we've done. But let me give the overarching answer. 
Um, what we've done is because of the way we structure our business, we're location independent, which is a buzzword. It means we yep. can be anywhere and still do our job with 100% efficacy. So why not? Why stay here? Mm-hmm. Well, before I expand on that, I, I do like San Antonio. I like to be here. I like my basketball team. I like our grocery store. I like stability. You know, I like my pickup truck. I, I'm not sure. ready to sell everything and become a total nomad. But we have two children, and we've decided the best thing for them is to homeschool them. And mm-hmm. I was not a big homeschooling at first. I didn't like the idea. I thought this was what people up in Idaho who were recluses and anti-government and conspiracy theorists did, and I, I couldn't mm-hmm. have been further from it. So we took our kids out of school, and we all of a sudden had true freedom. Not only were we independent of location with our with our business, our kids were independent of location with their with their education. Mm-hmm. That's when we happen across the concept of world schooling, which is a lot of steam. And world schooling is the idea that the entire globe is your kid's classroom. So it's a mm-hmm. nomadic world travel lifestyle in combination with homeschooling your children. And it is probably the coolest experience any kid could be fortunate enough to be born into as long as he or she has responsible parents. So we're at Worldwide, a blog where we talk not only about our world adventures as Emily and I together, but nowadays we're taking our kids with us everywhere we go, and we talk a little bit about that too. So one of the twists on it for us is we're not really overprotective parents, so we take our kids on legit adventures, uh, you know, starting from when they were both toddlers. John's 10 now, and Sarah just turned 6. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only do we get on an airplane and go places like Ethiopia and go hot air ballooning and capital. No, I saw that. fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, we we actually take it. We have an RV and we go to national parks and camp out there, you know, with the, in the wilderness here at home and mm-hmm. do the driving. And we also have been fortunate enough to get our kids involved at the national level with their favorite sport and they've done very well at it. And so you really can't do that if your kids are in school all the time. You can't go to nationals in Florida and then right. go to a national the week. And, mm-hmm. and they've gotten very good at that sport. And, you know, Sarah, you know, is basically a BMX champion, state champion, regional champion, and national wow. ranked Fabulous. in an extreme sport the day mm-hmm. even before she went to kindergarten. You know, she was in five and under girl expert last year. So, I mean, these are the things that – are afforded to you by world schooling. So it's, it's more, you know, the dimensions you put on it are up to you. You know, you can, a lot of people who are homeschooling have their kid in a sport. We have friends of ours and their daughter's a, a champion rock climber, and they take her around and educate her and do the sport. Other people are in an RV and they go to national parks. Other people get on an airplane and take their kids all over the place. Other people sell everything, go you know, house sit for a year in Bali, which is a wonderful mm-hmm. place to world schooling. But um, great. Okay, it's true I'd love freedom. To learn more. Maybe maybe we'll get you guys. Maybe uh, you and your wife would want to come back on the show, and we'll do a whole show on that because I think that'll be pretty interesting for our listeners. Because I think a lot of people, you know, dream that but don't do it, and you're doing it. So I have yeah. a lot of respect for you, and I, I would think our listeners would like to learn some stuff. What do you think about that? Well, Emily's very sweet, and she'll talk your ear off about world schooling. It's her favorite thing to talk about. So. All right, cool. Sure. All right, great. 
All right. Listen, uh, we're kind of running out of time. Uh, tell us a little bit about the mountaintop and your uh, website and your services and where everybody can find you. And then, uh, then I'll let you go. Well, um, the mountaintop podcast is a highly ranked podcast under the sexuality category on iTunes. Um, you're going to be one of my next guests on that show, which I'm yep, looking, forward, looking to. forward to it. Even more so after having, after having done this show, uh, with you, it seems like we're kindred spirits in a lot of this stuff. Yep, and that's mm-hmm. good. Um, formerly known as the Chick Whisperer, but whispering became kind of a such an odd thing that I just changed the name of the show. Um, plus, that way we can talk not only about dating but more men's men's issues. Good. Um, and uh, that's that, that's found on iTunes very easily. There's all also mountaintoppodcast.com. I have a, a Facebook group for men that I saw you just joined, which is awesome. Yep. Um, we're just starting to get that off the ground, uh, but we already have almost 500 guys on it. And cool. that's a Mountain Top Summit, which was kind of a cool, obvious name to name our Facebook group. And then, um, you know, we have our websites for both men and women. Uh, my name is very Googleable. Just remember there's one T in Scott, and you'll find yep. anything you want. Lots of free stuff, a great blog with lots of viral um, articles that really get people's blood going. My last one was called, as of the time the show's airing, was uh, a dating coach's guide to why mass shootings happen, and that got blocked. Wow. Because <laughs> I think it's, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things besides guns that make certain people become mass shooters. But, yeah, we've yep. got lots of things going on. Um, generally, the guys who come to see me aren't guys who are pickup artists. They're not guys coming from a baseline level. They're, they're good guys who have a lot going on. They trend towards being very intelligent, and they've got just about everything going except the right woman in their life. Those are the guys I specialize in. Great. And also well, guys with very a... unique circumstances. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, just guys with very unique circumstances, things that all the books and all the programs in the world are never going to teach. And also cool. we do have lots of guys who have gone – and women too who have gone – they're recovering from a, a relationship where there was mental illness involved and, and sorting through that. And, and we do get a lot of people who have struggled with that. Great. Well, listen, you're doing good work, Scott. Pleasure to meet you. I can't wait to be on your show and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, growing our friendship here uh, as yeah, professionals with respect and as men and uh, trying to lead the way and uh, helping guys be uh, guys, guys, and you're one. And so thank you for being our special guest on our first Sunday night special of guys guys radio thank you so much scott mckay well thank you robert monty and uh it's been a pleasure okay we'll talk to you soon and uh all the best okay folks that's our special guest scott mckay check him out he's a really interesting guy and uh, has a lot to offer uh men and women um we're going to take a quick break and then i'm going to do my guys guys guide and then we'll wrap it up All right, we're back. As I always like to do at the end of the show is uh, talk a little bit about something that's on my mind or something I'll be blogging about. And uh, I've done over 300 blog posts on robertmanny.com, so you can always catch up with me and the whole Guys Guys movement there. Um, It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. You can find it in some bookstores still. It's on Amazon and uh, got great reviews and people have a lot of fun with it and um the tv pilot and uh treatment are being looked at i can't say more than that right now so i'm very excited about that um and very appreciative um 
You can also check out every podcast of uh, Guys Guys Radio, um, all 267 of them on uh, Blog Talk Radio, on iTunes, on TuneIn and Stitcher. If you want to help us out, because I'm bootstrapping the whole thing with my producer, Ryan Gilpatrick, uh, rate us, review us and subscribe uh, on iTunes. So thank you for that. Um, you can also, of course, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So anyhow, this week's Guys Guys Guide is about building the perfect breakfast smoothie. Now, everybody, uh, you know, half of America has bacon, eggs and sausage and toast and coffee. And they think that's their perfect breakfast. That's fine. Uh, a lot of people stop and they pick up their egg McMuffin or a blueberry muffin on the way to work or a venti latte, whatever. That's if that's your choice, that's your choice. For me, over time, I have uh, I don't eat anything before lunch except a smoothie. Now, uh, that's about five days out of the week. On weekends, I might do something a little bit different. And I believe that uh, pasture-raised eggs are very healthy for you. And I don't eat meat, so I found some uh, meat substitute, bacon and sausage type stuff. So if I really have a yearning for that, I'll have it. But my go-to uh, for the week, uh, working week, is a smoothie. And uh, over the years, I've learned with my wife, who's been my guide on nutrition on this, the, the best ingredients, and particularly for guys. So uh, here's I'm going to do a list of about uh, 15, 15 items you might consider. You can just get a good blender. And uh, I start out with some coconut water, some organic coconut water, I put a little bit of pasture-raised yogurt in to give it a little bit of creaminess. Um, I'm not going to talk about juicing. We're going to stick with fruits for this. So I put in banana, all organic, banana, some blueberries, some raspberries, some strawberries, always good. Berried fruits are good. Um, chia seeds. Chia seeds are superfood, lots of protein. I let, the, I let them soak for 30 minutes before this way, because they're, otherwise sometimes they're hard to digest. So I let them soak in the shake. Raw cacao, um, chlorella, and spirulina, that green stuff, it helps take the heavy metals out of your body. It helps detoxify. Um, and I found some other, some other items that you can add. Bra one's called Brahma, Bac Bacopa Manieri. It's called Brahmi, actually. And it is good for the male brain and for memory. So check that out, B-R-A-H-M-I. Just Google it and you can read all about it. It's fantastic. It doesn't taste good. So I don't use too much of it because the first couple of times I used it, it's a powder. It kind of gave me, I, I used a full teaspoon. It gave me, actually gave me a stomachache and I read it can't do that. So I just use a, one of those mini kind of spoons and that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Goji berries, which is another superfood. You can buy them uh, online or at some health food stores and they have, that's one of those power foods. Another thing I found is called ashaganda, A-S-H-A-G-A-N-D-H-A. And it's good for men's virility. It's good for the men's body. And it also helps us manage stress with balance, balance and stress. Um, ashaganda. So check that out. It's a powder also. Um, I found a, a good green powder, a green superfood that has all the chlorella and spirulina you need. It's by uh, Pinnacle of Wellness, Ultimate Organic Green Superfood. What's in there? It's got wheatgrass powder, powder, barley grass powder, um, alfalfa grass powder, spirulina powder, spinach leaf powder, chlorella cracked cell wall powder, broccoli plant power, powder, Brussels sprouts powder, parsley leaf powder, chlorophyll. And uh, it also has uh, acai berry, maca root, 
um, carrot root, and just the list goes on and on. It's all organic and it's very, very good for you. Mac is another one. It's good for men. Look that one up. Um, I use uh, organic hemp protein, a little spoon of that. Um, another one I found is a high, super high vitamin C powder. It's called Camu Camu, C-A-M-U, C-A-M-U. Uh, absorbic acid is uh, rough on the system. So we have found that there's this other source of uh, vitamin C that's like eating 50 oranges in one table uh, teaspoon. It's called Camu Camu. So check that out online. And uh, then I top off the shake with a little bit of uh, almond milk. I throw some ice in it, put it in the blender. It makes about a big glass and a half of that. I have that with a handful of different supplements, including flaxseed, raw vitamins, uh, vitamin uh, E, vitamin D, bromelain, um, turmeric, curcurum, and uh, all that stuff really good for you. So do your research, and you can mix and match any of these ingredients. But uh, if you have a smoothie, one of these, that's all. You're not going to be hungry for hours after you have it. It's so packed. These superfoods have so much to them that you won't be hungry for hours and hours after you have this. And uh, you're not going to gain a lot of weight either. It's going to keep you vital and strong. And uh, at least it does for me. It works for me. So, uh, and I like, I like eggs too, and they're very good for you. So I do that on weekends. And uh, also my wife makes some unbelievable um, organic flour, organic almond flour, uh, chocolate chip pancakes with raw cocoa bits in there and it's just unbelievable and uh so i have one of those on the weekend also but anyhow you are what you eat the longer you last the more important it is to eat well the more you eat well the longer you last so that's our show for guys guys radio we're going to be back on wednesday with our regular show um we've got dean uh, slayer uh who's got a new book on uh, uh stress L- less stress it's called, i think it's called stressless And uh, he's going to be talking with us about that this Wednesday. And again, this is our first Guys Guys Radio Sunday special. I'm thrilled that you're here. I thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for your support. And as I always like to say at the end of every broadcast, Guys Guys, finish first.